glad we've been on and off about whether we've got this on. We missed a day of recording due to my double book in the building. So sorry very much. I got him back out of his family time. So thank you very much for coming back. And I've decided that I'm no longer going to introduce people because I think it's a bit cringy. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Because I just, the people I've had on are amazing <laughs> to me. So I'll let you introduce yourself and I'll just back up everything he says. Cause you didn't give me a warning about introducing myself. It's <laughs> so, so unfair. <laughs> Hi everyone. Um, my name is Lee Townsend and I'm a community activist. Um, part of my passion is just creating access to people to spaces that they wouldn't usually get access to and enabling people to feel comfortable. So mental health is a major thing for me, um, particularly men's health in particular, and especially men from within the BAME community, because we know about the inequalities that exist amongst different, different groups within our society. And my thing is about making the world as level a playing field as we possibly can. And of course, um, fitness, children, and photography, so plug, plug, plug. <laughs> Lenses of Croydon, Lenses everyone. Lenses of Croydon, yes, I'm a part of Lenses of Croydon. So, um, obviously, myself and Lee are jointly running together a couple of projects and more projects in the coming up soon. But definitely Jog and Jam every Sunday. Yeah, every Sunday, 9.30. It's a men's group for men who want to run and work on their fitness. But it's not necessarily about how fast or how far you can run, but it's about getting started. So we're a beginner's club, if that, if yeah, that makes definitely. sense. definitely. I think we normally go out for about 20 minutes to half an hour and we split up into groups. So one gentleman was walking it, now he's starting to jog. Um, myself, new, <laughs> used to just jog, walk, jog, walk, and now we're picking it up slowly. Yeah. So we're at all at different fitness levels, but the main thing is we get to the end and then we have a nice conversation. Sunday football, we ain't even got a name for that. Two local lads football. Yeah, everything's two local yeah, lads, so that's our brand. Lads. But um, the football is amazing. We played last week in the yeah, rain from six o'clock in the morning. No, seven o'clock in the morning, seven, sorry. Seven, 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 seven in the morning. And it was the best time that we've ever had. And um, football is for anyone who just enjoys kicking the ball. You don't have to be good. Um, I don't think most of the people that come are because I score like 10 goals every week. So. <laughs> He's a cheater. He's a cheater. Oh my days! He's like, you're not trying to jump on me. Ah uh, no, he's not a He's very competitive. He, he, he's, he's, he's on it. But a, a banging goal. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. But this week Sunday, you know what? Everyone wants to play in the sun, but the rain added something, another dimension to it. I felt this week. It's weird because like my body felt really warm as soon as I started. As soon as, as, soon as we did the yeah. passing around and warmed up and stuff and set the field up. Good to go. I, I was so good to go. The only regret I have is that these guys are lazy, so I wanted to stretch the field out a bit so there's a little bit more running, but they haven't got the adrenaline like me, you know? Please, everyone come. Men, come play this game. See how big of the pitch we play on, but it is great Sunday morning. It's the best way to start your day in your home before anyone gets up in your house and then you get to carry on with your day. But you can join in Jog and Jam if you want to. And um, the Saturday Cycle Club, two local lads, Cycling Club, Every Saturday. What time do we leave on Saturday? Six, Six in the morning. So we leave when it's dark. Yes. Yeah, Come out in your fluorescence. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought my cycling gear. So they're the free. Like, I don't oh, Wait, wait, let me make a stick pin. Stick pin. You're saying you just bought his cycling gear. He's got these tight ears <laughs> and this, 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 this top that clings. I'm like, mate, you need, you need some trainers. <laughs> bro, I, I bought a new bike. So it's all going with the new bike. I'll be ready soon. All I need is a helmet. But, so the normal people in the group, yeah, don't wear that. We come out in our regular clothes. One guy comes in jeans, yeah. So you just come out as you are. I think this week there's a guy coming on the folding bike. Yeah, yeah. I just I'm scanning. I don't need to. We're not going that fast. Yeah, I don't. To be fair, I don't think I'm going to wear that outfit. I've looked myself in it. It's not going to happen. But it was worth it. It was worth to try. So, so my daughter's godmother's husband 
He comes out in the full cycling gear. We call him Tour de France. <laughs> so you can come how you want to. That's basically what we're saying. Come how you want to. How you are. comfortable? <laughs> Any bike. Um, it's 30k. I think it's 30k at the moment. We're doing. We're going to build up gradually and slowly, and everybody's welcome. There's no. There's no leader. No one's running off and leading us. We're all keeping together at all times. So that's the three adult groups, and we could probably spend half an hour talking about what we've got in the pipeline. Yeah, no, it's alright. I can't be like, I'll, I'll cut this bit out. <laughs> but yeah, we've got so much in the pipeline, but we're not going to talk about that today. Today we're going to talk about Lee um, and his experiences. Um, myself, I'm dyslexic. If you've read any of my posts, um, it's not laziness all the time. Sometimes it's because I don't see spelling mistakes. I don't see. I don't understand grammar too well. I'm slowly getting better. I'm building more confidence in it, um, and a lot has to do with listening to these experiences. So. As this week especially was about um, learning difficulties. It, it, when I was looking it up, it's about learning disabilities. I, I'm not really a fan of that per se. I love it. You like, you like when it's oh, learning boy, disabilities? Oh I'm embracing it, man. I'm fully loaded around here. I've got three <laughs> learning disabilities. I'm dyslexic, I'm dyspraxic, and I've got attention deficit disorder. I love them. Thank you for the categorization. <laughs> it, it is so empowering for me. I mean, honestly, when you think about going through life for 30 plus years with all these challenges and thinking yeah. that you're not good enough, and then finally realising that you've got a disability. Yeah, yeah. I'm at work, I'm like, listen, I can't take minutes. I've got a disability. <laughs> it's not something I'm able to do. Yeah, Before, I was quivering and scared yeah. and like, I want to cry because like, oh my God, they want to take minutes. I can't. Once I start writing the word the, I don't hear the next five minutes the things that are being said. So <laughs> you're concentrating on that. You see what I'm saying? Alone. So I just embrace it. And I thank God that I live in a country, like, this is when I say Great Britain, yeah. one of the few times, yeah? But this is when I say Great Britain because the equality that exists and that people, because of the laws that exist, they can't discriminate against me. So for me, yeah, while I'm not making excuses for myself and I try yeah. to rise up to the occasion, mm. I'm going to use those, um, those parts of the law that exist to protect and support me so that I can do the best that I can. Yeah. And I'm not going to feel guilty about that. So for me, it's a disability, but but I don't feel any shame about having those disabilities. Yeah. What I take pride in is a is my achievements in spite of. So obviously, like you said, what age was it that you finally got almost a statement of what you had? So let me be very honest with you about my condition so that you understand. Yeah. There's certain things that I don't do very well. I don't do dates, mm. I don't do names, oh, well, yeah. and I don't do numbers. Yeah. So for me to remember the day, it's going like, to be a bit challenging. You was an what, adult. I, what I can tell you, it was probably a year before I got married. My wife says I've been married for 12 years now, so it was 13 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, um, I was 43 now, so what's that? Wow. So it was about 30 years ago. I was talking about 30, 30, 30, 31, sorry, 30, 31, 31 yeah, years old. So it. as you're saying, like, you've gone through school, college, everything in life, your first job, second job, whatever you wanted to do, driver's license, thinking, like I don't know where it's what you've been thinking, but let's start with primary school and high school if you don't mind starting there. Wow. <laughs> I yeah, know I'm it's saying, a long time ago, I, but... I, I copied this off of a friend's Facebook page that yeah. said, um, the school challenge where you wrote every school you've been to. Mine mm. was like... Okay, so you, you're, you're down. well versed in so, schools, yeah. I'm a Croydon boy, through and through. Um, born in St Thomas's Hospital in South London. No, yeah, SE1, yeah, South London. Yeah. Went to Rockmount Primary, Rockmount Juniors. Went to Ingram, for those of us who can remember that school, it got closed down because some naughty boys went there at one time. <laughs> um, I then went to Elliot in Putney, 
So that's when I started so what, hanging. Did you move yeah, areas? I didn't move areas. They, they, had a, they, had a, they had a catering course. I wanted to be a chef once upon a time. Okay. And um, I went to Elliot in Putney, and then after that, I left that school and went back to Jamaica. Now I'd finished school in, in, in England and I yeah. got into sixth form to take over some subjects and do like a BTEC or something. When I went to Jamaica, I'm there spending money thinking that everything's cool. I'm here on a mm-hmm. holiday. I'm going to go back now. I'll bring some sound cassettes back to yeah. my friends that they ain't got <laughs> and be like, man, safe, yeah. my dad said, yeah, we're going to the secondary school to go and talk to the principal. I said, talk to the who about what? Yeah, you're going back to school. You're not going back to England. That's how you found out about Jamaica. Blow, bruv, that's how I found out that I was going to be living there. In Jamaica. I was like, no! But it was the best decision my parents ever made. Okay, yeah. So I ended up going back into year 10. So you should have been going into sixth form and you've gone back a year. A year? Two years? Yeah, because oh yeah, you would have been in sixth form. So that means you've gone back year 11, year 10. Went back into year 10, boy. And um, it was hurtful. The only plus side was... Mm that as soon as I turned 17, my dad made sure I got my driving license. So I was driving to school, so it's kind of cool. So was there any difficulties in school that you remember? Wow. I know, I know. I was always that kid who they said, Mr. Townsend, Lee has so much potential, but he's in the wrong company. He's always talking. If he would just shut up and get on with his work, he'd do so much better. But he's got bad influences. I was the influence. <laughs> I, I was distracted. I couldn't focus. I remember I, where we are now, we're in like a nursery and I'm seeing a little Wendy house kind of sitting over there with a the washing machine yeah. and the rest of it. I remember never being able to go in the Wendy house and play with the girls. I mean, to go, sorry. Me. <laughs> I remember never being allowed to go in the Wendy house because I always had to rewrap my work. For some stupid reason, we never had lines on the paper when I was going to school. And, and I had this big line. curve or it was like a snake and I'd have to always be writing over again. I didn't know, the teachers obviously were clueless, that I had dyspraxia. So the result of that, I couldn't do anything. I couldn't even carry a cup of tea when I was about 18 so, without spilling it. So you can't go and play because you can't do something which you can't do, not because you don't want to do it. So so then was a coping mechanism, like I said, you, they could see your potential, mm-hmm. but one of your coping, coping mechanisms became talking. You couldn't focus. So rather than focus on something else, I can control the room. I can control people around me. I can change the I don't even think it was about control. You know what? I made a post on Facebook the other day about yeah. um, using your smile to uplift other people, uh, mm. to help other people to smile, and that we should um, let your smile smile like it's a fashion statement. Yeah. And I just like seeing people happy. So at school, I was just trying to help other people to uplift their spirits or so to encourage them and stuff. I wasn't trying to be bad, but I was just frustrated. I didn't like certain things. The only thing I enjoyed, and this is weird, this is why I didn't think I ever had dyslexia. I used to enjoy reading out loud in the class. Oh, seriously? But as time progressed and I reached into my teenage years, yeah. and even now when I'm reading to my daughters and stuff, I feel like when I'm reading loud, my head starts to hurt me. Okay. It's weird. I can read, yeah. I can comprehend, maybe not at the same level as everybody else, but while I'm reading, I find I literally start feeling a pain in my head. So my wife's like, can you read the kids a book tonight? I'm like, yeah, cool. I love being with my girls. I love yeah. reading with them and stuff, but sometimes it feels a bit frustrating. I don't think that she necessarily gets the fullness because, yeah. of the struggle that I go through. Yeah. And you know what I mean? As a parent, you've got to do your part, innit? See, for, for me, when I was um, in school, I, I, I can read. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with my reading. I can read. But like yourself, I read at a slower rate. Mm-hmm. So every time, I was top in English to a level, then I stopped going to school. But I could read, but then I'd feel pressure. As soon as someone said, time to read out loud, it's like, yeah, Change but, the dynamics. Yeah, it's like, ooh, I don't know about this. Now I have to concentrate and make sure my every word is pronounced correctly and I'm not always concentrating on the words. So I found 
even though I, I didn't I didn't know I had dyslexia till I was 30, 30 odd myself. So it was like, what, what's going on here? Mm. I wasn't, obviously I didn't know what was going on. I just thought it was different. I struggled to read. And I found my coping mechanism, what I put in place was, once I found things difficult, I stopped doing it. Mm. So GCSEs, once I got into GCSEs and things turned up, I stopped going to school. Like, no, I, I, I can't. a bad boy. Yeah, like, terrible. <laughs> like, I, I've, obviously I'm happy where I am now, but it's like, I should have, or the, the school should have noticed that I needed more help in certain places. Because like I said, I was in top sets, predicted A's, until things got serious. Then mm. it's like, what is um, Pythagoras? And like, I don't know, I can do ads, times, Pythagoras theorem. Yeah, wow. man. You I didn't learn that. anything along those lines until I went to Jamaica and teachers took the time out and I had extra classes every Saturday. So my maths grade started to improve. Yeah. But when I was in the UK, I was in the bottom set. <laughs> okay, Listen, this is how kind they were to me in the British education yeah. system. I was given the grand opportunity to earn an E in GCSE. <laughs> I couldn't get anything higher than an E. I could get lower, but I couldn't get anything higher. Uh, basically, how they did the set. Yes, you're right. But you know what? My difficulty is not just so because I've got ADD yeah. as well. I'll, even when I'm studying, I'm reading. And the next thing I've gone into La La Land, I start daydreaming okay, yeah, about yeah, stuff yeah, or yeah, thinking yeah. about how I could start another community project yeah, okay. or something that I'm driven by. Just runs. So the thing about ADHD is that people will ask, how comes their kids can concentrate on a video game or, f- or TV or football, but they can't concentrate on anything else? I mean, it's so deep that my wife would ask me to go in the kitchen and make her a cup of tea and I'll go in the kitchen and I'm like, what are I coming here for again? So can you answer, why is that, why is that a thing? So why is it you can concentrate on something specific, but something like that would just... It's just the nature of the beast. So with ADD and ADHD, there's a lot of people out there who don't believe in it. You hold what you want to hold. I know what I've got and I know what I'm happy yeah. owning, yeah? <clears throat> and what it does is that um, it's an imbalance with the way the chemicals flow in your brain. Yeah. So the way your body pump, pump, pumps the blood around and all the rest of it. And as a result, and the hormones that it releases, etc. Yeah. So as a result of that, it, uh, it, it prohibits your ability to actually focus on certain things. So maybe things that you that are leisure for you might be yeah. easier. And there's a tendency to hyper-focus. So if I'm engrossed in something and I'm really oh, in it, okay. I can zone out and not hear anything around you. So one of the things that I'm constantly apologizing to people for is that you might be talking to me mm-hmm. to say goodbye or something. And it's when you've gone through the door, like, oh, sorry, bye, bye. Like okay. it doesn't register till like 30 seconds afterwards. So that's why you're saying like a computer game, hyper-focus into the computer game, yeah. but something else that they're not really into or just but that, that, that must be horrible, obviously. I said you're not good with time and that. But as a child... Hold on, wait, wait. Let me just stick you there. Remember what you're going to say. Let me just be yeah, very clear. I'm not late for anything. Yeah, I make sure I arrive there. everywhere half an hour early. <laughs> but in terms of times, I don't remember times because there's a figure. Yeah. I don't remember figures very well at all. And that's really, really hard so for me. So you diary everything then? Listen. Steve Jobs, God bless you, mate. <laughs> iPhone, Apple Watch... Um, Everything, everything, all the Apple devices, everything synced, my MacBooks, my so iPads, everything, you, everything. That's dead, your iPad will tell yeah, you everything. That. Another thing that I noticed with what you do as well, when we first met, you don't just say my name, you say kind of who I am, like Thomas, Thomas Scannell, Sydney Kids, bang. So you know what I do and what I'm about. So I, I'll try and get, in my phone, I'll try and get your name, your business, your birthday, your wedding anniversary. <laughs> Um, your interests, how I met you. Okay, yeah, I yeah, try yeah. and get all that in there because sometimes I'm talking to people and I literally don't remember their names. Yeah. So, like for example, with Jack Percival, who hangs out with yeah, us, yeah. yeah, comes to all of our running events and stuff. Great guy, amazing, amazing champion for the homeless and yeah. for mental health and credit. And 
just doing so much great stuff. And to remember his name, I put Charity Guy. So even this morning when I was talking about him, I was like, you know, what's his name? Charity the guy. Charity Guy. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is in my phone. So I remember certain things. So you find what best suits you to remember that individual yeah. because sometimes it's hard to picture the face and picture everything Absolutely. about him. But it's easy. I remember when I was dating my wife, man. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to the names. Oh wow! Yeah, you better tattoo that. <laughs> I don't believe in tattoos on my okay. skin. <laughs> Just to remember, I, yeah, that's it. Yeah. So again, so I know I keep going back. I forgot what I was going to say already. So um, going back to you were saying something about time. Time. You know, I got a problem with time. Oh, no, I can't remember. I can't remember. I just had to correct you because I've only been late yeah, once for one football thing in the history fit inside the game. <laughs> See, I, I've never been a stickler for time until that one day. <laughs> Even got a status. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, let's go back to your childhood because I can't remember that, what I was going to stay there. But you've got into sick form now, you've got done everything, and you still don't know. So, what is the pressures you're dealing with and how you deal with Remember, I didn't get in six. Oh, no, so you mean in the UK? Yeah. So, in the UK, I failed most of my exams, to be honest with you. I passed one GCSE, I got a C in drama. Yeah. You know, I've got no qualms in telling anybody that. And it just was what it is what it was. I didn't know how to study. I don't think I was taught how to study, or maybe I wasn't paying attention. Um, when I went to Jamaica, my, edu- my view on education changed. Um, I think it was two main things. One was that I had a teacher called Miss Palmer Henry at Manchester mm-hmm. High School, who was just amazing. And Miss Juliette Collier in the theatre group that I belonged to. She was a drama teacher. Those two people and Mrs. Brown, my home economics teacher. I did food and nutrition. I was the only guy in the whole class. Um, and um, these three ladies, they really, and Mr. Livingston Smith, there were so many teachers. They believed in me. Yeah. They looked like me, which helped somewhat, believe it or not. I felt motivated seeing positive black role models. Um, and they were really just so encouraging and they rewarded effort. It wasn't about your grades so much. Yeah, they wanted you to get good grades. It was about rewarding your effort, acknowledging the fact that you were trying, you were making, you were, you were really putting in the work. And I had a girlfriend at the time who I wanted to impress her parents. So I, I started studying. I'd spend hours and get up early in the morning and all the rest of it. I just, my mindset just changed. And living in Jamaica showed me how level the playing field was in terms of, excuse me, the world is your oyster. You can achieve anything you want, but you've got to get your mind in the right place. Because if your mind's not sorted out, then you're not going to get the other things that you need to do. And you need to set goals and have um, objectives or things that you want to achieve, aspirations. And I think that's what changed for me. I developed those aspirations. So I got my O-levels, I got um, my CXCs, um, I got an A-level. Um, I went on to college and university and pursued the things that I wanted yeah. to do. And don't get me wrong, when I went to uni, I just said to myself, look, if I can get through a term, I'll go back for another term. It wasn't that I knew that I could make it. One of the things that you'll find with people who have ADHD is that they generally struggle with stuff around self-esteem. And part of that is because they're always blamed for everything. So I'm a serial loser of things. So oyster cards. I've got, I, I was counting the other day, I've got five oyster cards at home where I think I've lost them and I haven't lost them. I've been to the bus stop before, rushing to get to work, got a yeah. meeting, and forgot, thought I lost my oyster. And you know you don't want to be that guy who they think hasn't got yeah, mind yeah, to yeah, yeah. of Gone back home, pulled the whole house. My poor wife who to tidy up, every, who tidies up everything. Like, has to do. <laughs> and then when I've touched something, oh my pocket. God, it's in my shirt no. pocket. Do you know what I mean? And that's been a regular fixture in my life. And anybody who's got ADD or ADHD 
will understand that these are the kind of trials and, 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 and struggles that they go through on a regular basis. When you don't have it, it's hard to understand. It's a bit like the whole issue with racism and Black Lives Matter. For a white person, it's almost impossible for them nine out of ten times to understand the struggles of a black man. So to understand what I go through when I walk on the road and the policeman wants to stop me because I've got a hoodie on. Do you know what I mean? Or the way that somebody might discriminate against me because of the way I might look or the way I might talk, etc. Or the unconscious bias that we have to face on a daily basis. When I came back to the UK, after living in a country where they said that um, out of many one people, I was telling my family that, look, you need to stop this racism foolishness. Racism doesn't exist anymore. That's a thing of the past. When racism slapped me in my face, (laughs) it was a different scenario. And I think with a disability, it's the same sort of thing. I'd go as far as to say, I don't believe that certain people who are very close to me who love and care for me believe that ADHD is real or believe that I have it as far as they're concerned I'm making an excuse for myself because I'm competent they don't know anybody who can speak publicly like me but at the same time I've got my struggles so I wanted to take it back to a point that you said about reward a number of the projects that we do you're very thing on reward and it's not about being a top goal scorer it's not it's more about being on time taking part so is that something you learned from Jamaica so when I got diagnosed with ADD yeah. at um, South London Maudsley, after fighting with my GP to get um, a diagnosis, yeah. one of the things that they highlighted is that I self-deprecate a whole lot. So rather than acknowledging my achievements, I'd be like, well, I run this group, it has 650 photographers, but it could be better and it's not really not that hard. Whereas it's a big deal. Yeah, You've yeah, got yeah. a group of 650 photographers from not that. just... Croydon, South London, the UK, but internationally, do you know what I mean? And you run an event every single week. Before I would have tried to justify that or water it down because I'm comparing myself to other people. Mm. Now I'm at a place where I'm able to appreciate the amount of work that I've put in. And the fact that while it might come a little bit easier for me to engage with people on a social level, Mm. it's still a skill. And it's a skill that's worthy of my respect and the respect of other people. If you don't want to respect it, that's on you. But for myself, I've got to show some level of appreciation. So I've learned to start appreciating myself and being thankful for the things that I do because the more that you celebrate your tiny achievements, I posted about this on Facebook this week, I think, is the more that you feel stronger and more resilient to go forward and do more things. So for me, I think for our young people, it's very important they receive some positive reinforcement because if we don't positively sanction the good things that they're doing, there's going to be deviant groups that are going to positive sanction the negative things that they're doing. So we need to re- ensure that that positivity is being reinforced at all times. So yeah, I'm big, I'm big on rewards. Yeah. Like for my daughter, I've got a daughter that's four years old. And my thing with her is, you've just got to try. When I hug her up in the mornings, I say to her, um, I love you, I love you too, right? Um, I say to her, what, 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 what do we expect of you yeah. to try my best? You can fail, you can get it wrong, but at the end of the day, all you need to do is try your try, best. Yeah. I asked her, who's the best? I am daddy. And what you need to do? Show respect to everyone, but own my space. And that's the kind of reinforcement I try to instill in her because I don't want her to go through life having the doubts that I had about myself, my competencies, or where my support base lies. So, especially with your daughter, have you explained to, obviously she's only young, have you explained to her your learning disability or is that not needed I don't think it's necessary at this time but I think as time goes by I might need to clarify some things to her but basically I think like all parents we try to hide our flaws from our children Mm -hmm. 
And when I say hide it, I don't mean pretend they're not there, but I mean, where I know that I struggle, I make sure I'm stronger in that yeah. area. My daughter was late for school once and she started in September. And the reason why she was late is because I got the time mixed up as to what time she started, because it's all fluctuating. So we sat in the car for 45 minutes when school started half an hour in that time. She was there on time. But you didn't know what time. And she, I said to her after that day, I promise you, you'll never be late again. So every morning she's like, Daddy, remember when you promised we'll never be late? I'm like, babe, we've got another hour before we leave the house. <laughs> but she don't want to be late. No, she don't want to be late. Is she enjoying school because it sounds like she wants Listen, to be there. My daughter's doing amazingly in school and I'm so happy and so proud of her. I'm glad that she can grasp concepts a lot better than I. I yeah. think she takes it from my mum's side of the family, <laughs> to be honest with you. But like she grasps concepts really, really well. And when I speak to her teacher and I say like, how is she today? Mr. Townsend, she's a delight to have in the class. She's so clever and she asks questions that are just so inspiring and that help the other yeah. students. But even when she was doing her little orientation day with the teacher, she said to us that, um, where she is currently yeah. is where they'd expect her to be at the end of reception. Oh, so we're just keeping the pushing her. So now we're just trying to expose her to different activities so that she can find what she likes and I can continue to boost yeah. her confidence because at the end of the day, I believe that the way the UK is set up and the world even, yeah. it's not about being the smartest or the most brilliant. It's about being resilient, steadfast, consistent and working hard. Like your brother always says, and I quoted him yeah. today on Facebook as well, I need my daughter to work on her excellence. Yeah, every day. So what do you do at home to reinforce this like educational wise? So do you, is it like eight o'clock every day? Well, eight o'clock's quite late. We do study time, read times this time. Is it homework on a Saturday? Is there things that you have in place, extra tuition? So I'd be real with you, yeah? <clears throat> in any strong relationship, everyone's got to have their role and play their part. So when it comes onto the academic side of things, it's my wife, like my, my, my youngest daughter's 18 months now, something like that. She's yeah. born in January, work it out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and she knows, she can hardly talk, but she yeah. can, you know, you're trying to pronounce their words yeah. and stuff. She can name every part of her body from vagina to wrist, armpit, no, yeah. nostril, nose, eyebrow, neck, yeah, yeah. head, hair, you name it. She can, she can, na she can name it, yeah? yeah? So, but that's not me, that's my, that's my wife. That's my wife's work. Um, with me, where I come in is I do the rewards thing. So my daughter, her first thing was, when she was at her first nursery, before we moved her to come to the house, she was, um, she was counting really, really well from an early age. Yeah. When she moved nursery, she stopped saying 13 when she's counting. So then we said, okay, cool. She wanted a scooter. You can't get a scooter until you can count to 20, flawlessly. And you need that 30. And you yeah. need to do that. So it wasn't until like August of this year that she was able to do that. Went and bought the scooter immediately. So she then she wanted to, I said, what do you want next? Because we're going to give you another award. She said she wanted the whistle. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so then her new task was to count to 50, but we wanted yeah. her to be counting to 50 before she started school, ideally. Yeah. But we don't pressure her. So, wait, so you only got to 20 in August. Yeah. School starts in September. Now I want the rest of the 30 in there. Yeah, yeah I, want, I want her up to 50. Yeah. So she knocked out 50 about two weeks ago. So she's getting her whistle now. So she's like oh, to me wow. last night, Daddy, when am I getting my whistle? I'm like, yeah, it's coming. So I'm going to jump on Amazon when I finish this. <laughs> get get her whistle. Her whistle. So now she's, we're trying to get her to like, she's at 60 now, but a couple of mistakes here and there. Yeah. So we're going to get her to 60 and the aim is that by the end of the school year, she'll be hitting 100. Okay, so slow. Again, you do, you're almost treating it like yourself where you're putting that small goals there, just hit that, you get a reward to make sure you acknowledge and accept and celebrate what you've just done. But, and then move on to the, but the main thing is that we celebrate trying. Yeah. So trying is the most important thing. Getting it right is not important as far as I'm concerned. The most important thing is that you try your best and you're not fearful yeah. about trying. 
So I don't want to hear um, 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 um. I want to hear you say what you think it is. If you get it wrong, I hug you up. I commend you. I high five you. You're the best in the world. Couldn't answer a better daughter because the one thing that you do all the time is you try. See, I was speaking to someone on Sunday and was talking about this, and they were, um, they were talking about trying, and he was like, "What you sound like, exactly like what he said. Like it's all good saying this, but." Are you putting the same energy into celebrating them when they succeed, to celebrating when they fail? But you've just answered that to me without me asking the question. It's just what he said. Yes, I hug you up and celebrate. We're putting the same energy into your failure and your try attempt that we would do to your success. Bro, I tell you, like, <clears throat> so obviously I do a lot of things in Croydon and stuff, mm. but like even lenses of Croydon, I wouldn't have done it. A friend of mine, my mentor, kind of pressured me into it so to speak by yeah. hooking me up with somebody else who had an interest in photography for us to start something yeah, yeah. and he asked me in the crowd would you be right if I introduced this person I'm like yeah yeah cool 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 <laughs> I was like ah yeah. and, it, and it started but for me my parents were old school so my parents had me when they are in their early 40s mm-hmm. and my father God bless his soul his way of motivating me was to discourage me so he'd be saying you ain't gonna amount to anything in life you're yeah, going to be yeah, worthless school, you're gonna, I'm thinking that by talking me down it's going to cause me to rise but I didn't have that mentality mm-hmm. so as a result of that I came up with a lot of self-doubt and a lot of discouragement and I wasn't achieving a lot of the things I, I should be a lot further than where I am in my life right now I'm glad for where I am but I think that if they had used a different approach it would have been more effective maybe that works for some people I don't know but like, I don't want to experiment with my kids finding yeah. out if that works you know what yeah. I'm saying so for me, it was a real stumbling broke. So I've, I've grown up with a lot of self-doubt, a lot of issues in terms of how I view myself, my appearance, um, just a whole lot. I remember praying for ages, wishing that I looked like other people or was this or was that, rather than just accepting who I was. And the biggest thing for me is that my kids know who they are, how wonderfully and fearfully yeah. made they are in the image of likeness of God. Now, I've got a faith base in terms of my, my moral compass and I look towards a religious book for my guidance in terms of how I live in that kind of a thing, you know what I mean? And for me, I want to see that instilled in my children and in their values and their concept of self and recognising that they're demigods within their own right. Do you know what I mean? So I'm just trying to drive them to just... just, And the most important thing is that they are confident, that they are hardworking, but they respect the feelings and the position of other people. You know, I heard my daughter showing off the other day about something materialistic. I was like, look, we don't do that, you know. And if you want to lose those privileges, it's yeah. the quickest way they'll go. But my greatest desire is to buy our all the latest trainers that are out there. But it's on a reward system. It ain't like, I want this. It's not giving, None of that. You work for, you get. Yeah. So it's not... Um, another thing that I've spoken about quite, quite a lot lately is us as parents, almost, like I said, we grew up harder. Well, I felt I grew up harder than my kids have to grow up now. Mm-hmm. And we're starting to give them more. So in some aspects, my children are getting things just because I can, mm-hmm. where it's, there's no reward system. So they, like I said, you, I'm creating a materialistic, oh, daddy's going to get me this every time without even no reward. Mm-hmm. And I find that I'm falling into that trap. So that's something you're definitely not allowing them to fall into. Absolutely where not. This is a reward and system. And I, and I mean, even when it comes on streets, there's certain things that my kids, I don't know if their wife, sorry, not their wife. I don't know if my wife hides and gives them certain things. But my daughter's never tasted a sweet from my hand. She's never had a fizzy drink in her life. I don't even want to, I get upset when they give her orange juice from out of the box. Because for me personally, if you're getting orange juice, I need to squeeze that myself. Because we know about all the additives and preservatives and the the sugars and all the rest of it that are in these things. So we try to give her everything natural. I don't do ice cream with her. I see my wife give it to her and I just get 
vex. Mm -hmm. I'd rather go and blend up some fruits and some ice yeah. and make a smoothie and say, here you go. Do you know what I mean? Because we know, especially he's big on his smoothies. Sorry to cut you in there. I know don't lose it. Yeah, yeah. He's big on his smoothies and he makes the best smoothies too. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, for my daughter. No, for me, I realised that with ADHD based on the research that I've done, yeah. some of the things that increases the potency to have that um, impulsivity and that inability to concentrate yeah. and stuff is the, all these processed foods. So I know I'm drinking a bit of Pepsi tonight, but um, it's a one-off. But generally speaking, I, try not to, I drink mostly water, as yeah. you know. I drink at least two and a half litres of water every day. Um, I, I need to get back off of the white rice and the white flour again and get back onto the whole grain stuff. And um, just eating more fresh fruits, fresh meats, and that kind of thing. Um, my children don't know what it is to have McDonald's. Never ever had it in their lives. Never. But you're, None of them. you're from what I see as well. Is you're trying to be that example, like you said. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Of course, it's hard because I know that if any of their friends have a McDonald's party, they're just not going. I'll go straight up. Just, it's not going. Yeah. No, we can buy a wicked present for your friends, and I'll take you out to do something yeah, nice. Yeah, but you're yeah. not going to that party. That party, yeah. And it was so sweet. Do you remember when we had the Father's Form event here? Yeah, and I was watching her through the window and all the kids were sharing out the sweets and I saw her run over to the girl that had the sweets oh, no, and said, what's that? that yeah, <laughs> Emmanuel and I were sitting by the window yeah. watching and um, she ran over to the girl that had all the stuff given out and stuff and she couldn't see me watching. And she's mm. like, what's that? And she said, oh, it's sweets for everybody. And she's like, oh no, I don't think my dad would want me to have sweets. Oh really, yeah. And I was like, and you know how hard yes, that must have been. That's my leader yeah. right there, you she get it. It wasn't hard, she just did it naturally because yeah. she's used to it. It's your thing. So with your two daughters, what's the age gap? I don't, I don't know why I'm asking because I know. Oh gosh, let me try and do some maths now. <laughs> <laughs> one's four, one's, no, one's no, almost no. two, so two years. Two, two years, years and a couple of months. Is there a parenting difference between the two, like with character-wise, or is it something that it's just... The, the older same? one is more disciplined, so yeah. I can just go like this and she stops doing whatever yeah. she's doing. The little one's a rebel. So she's just like, no. <laughs> it's like, can you sit down please? No. I said, did you hear me? No! Oh, like she'll grab something of yours and she'll run away. Today she did the craftiest things. She's got this thing about nail clippers. Mm. So somehow she managed to get the nail clippers now. So I see her with it and I say, Can I have the nail clippers, please? She walked from the living from the hallway out into the living room where I was. Yeah. And I saw her hands empty. She passed the box and kind of tucked it away before she came to me. I'm like, You're two years old. And she's really manipulative. Yeah. So, like, for some reason, Whenever we're all eating, she feels that she eat from my plate. And I love food the most in the house. I don't want to share my food with you. I yeah. love you, but I don't want to share my food with you. So what, she's at hers and then comes to No, you. she just comes to me. No, like, she she eat, no, she just wants to eat from my plate, like oh, daddy. Wow, yeah, yeah. But then it's a thing where she wants to kiss me on my cheek, rub my head, feel my beard. And it's all about the food. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's so not impressed. Oh, no, that's just for the food, because she wants that's to eat from the food. Oh, that's where the manipulative comes from. Uh, Daddy, I want to hug and kiss, and then she just wants to eat from your plate. But you know what? Um, my wife puts in a shift, man. I'm not even gonna lie. Like, mm -hmm. when it comes on to raising our kids, I've got the most amazing wife on this planet. I've got to give her props over and over and over and over again. It's touching. I love her far more than I did when I met her and was falling in love with her, mm -hmm. and I felt like I was at this pinnacle where I'm going to say yeah let's propose mm. now than I did then when I see what, how she's raised my kids and the morals that she's bringing them up with and my little daughter can hardly talk but she says tongue tongue when she's saying thank you for whatever you ask her for or so bless she, you she or she passes wind and she says excuse me kind of thing but she can't say excuse me properly like she's just the standards that my wife maintains and the way that she, she just delivers the the the, the the correction and, and the grooming of our children mm. it's in a the positive sense of grooming it's, it's kind of a different type of love then because 
then you just loved her. Now you love her for everything that she's doing for you, your family. Like I said, she's bringing up two amazing daughters. She's holding you down completely. Like, yeah, it's, I'm, it's I'm a different time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she's holding me down big time. Like, it's, a, it's an amazing partnership in terms of the stuff that she does. And I think that maybe, maybe there's more that I could do. I hold my hands up. But um, yeah, on, on this, I think it's fair for me to say that I've got an amazing, hard-working, dedicated, virtuous woman to keep my wife. So obviously, closing up on that point, a couple more topics I want to hear. Is, is there any advice you'd give to adults that feel like they're struggling through education or through anything they're struggling? Like they might think, is there any way, like I said, you're not an expert in it, you can only talk from your experience, but is there any avenues to say like, this is what you need to do or you know what just go and see your GP <clears throat> so I would say first and foremost is that if you've got a learning disability you've got a gift so my disabilities are my superpowers they enable me I mean, if you're ADHD you can think really quickly off the cuff give me you can put me anywhere to speak about almost any topic as long as I've got a small understanding of it yeah. I can deliver and I think that I look at problems a lot differently than other people I might worry a lot, but I think I find solutions a lot differently because I think out of the box, as does Richard Branson, as does um, Steve Jobs, as does um, Do you know what, sorry, Microsoft, I what is Bill, Gates. Bill Gates. I was going for a book the other day, and David and Goliath, and Malcolm Gladwell, Malcolm Gladwell, and they were doing a meet meeting with billionaires, and they asked. They invited me, you know, but I couldn't make it. <laughs> and they asked for like, if you have a learning difficulty, put your hand up. And I think sixty-seven percent. <clears throat> Of the billionaires out of 100 that were in the room, might not be 100 billionaires, but those rich people, and 67% had a learning disability, and that went down. They planned it to the fact that they don't, they had to come up with coping mechanisms that fitted different scenarios where normal, not going to call it normal, people without them just got on with life, and you had to think of a different route around it, like your your networking ability. I think is second to none, and your ability to come up off the cuff, the amount of times I've been with Lee and he spoke about something, he's like, wow, where did that come from? Did you plan that? No, I just went with the, the flow and it's like, oh, okay then. Like you've come up with that coping mechanism in your life that a person that has never had to worry could never come up with, so. I think that, as I was saying before, we've all got different gifts. So yeah. you've just got to embrace yours for what it is and make the maximum amount of use mm -hmm. out of it. So for me, I would say to anybody who's struggling in a certain area, to let go and just be and just try but also it's about trying to enhance yourself as well but one of the things that is, is so important is that self-belief you've got to speak life into your being you've got to speak progress you've got to speak excellence you've got to speak opportunity I mean you can be down and out today but if you prepare for the right opportunity what if that opportunity presents itself it can change your life in an instant do you know what I mean so um down but not out kind of a mentality and for me I know that things are only going to get better yeah. I know that things are only going to get better I've been through struggles but where my life is now where it was in 2017 when I just came to the UK is two different places when I just came back just in case some of you think that you can deport me I've got a British passport always had one was born here yeah but um when I just came back my life my life was it was it was hard it was I've never experienced hardship 
in my life yeah. until I came back to this country at 30 yeah. years old and I experienced it for a long time while I was Have here. you always had a positive outlook though? No. Is it not? Is it, so no. you have been... I've had to learn. Business, I've had yeah. to relearn a lot of stuff. A whole lot of stuff. I've had to reposition myself. I've had to cut people off and find a new circle. Because right about now, if you haven't got... If I can't influence you in the positive yeah. and you're not depositing nothing positive in my life, yeah. we need to sever ties. Because th- th- there's no value for either of us, yeah. Yeah. you know. So for me, I've just got to be in positive spaces. I can't be around people who are fully, who are negative all the time, who are going to shoot down every idea or everything that you're going to try. And a lot of times, the people who are in that position. There's two types yeah. that are common. There's the ones who have already achieved and don't want anybody else to reach where they are, and there's the ones who have failed to achieve and don't want to see anybody else reach above them in the same way. And then you've got other persons now who are just happy being happy and seeing other people happy. And that's the kind of person that I want to be. I want to be the kind of person that deposits life in people, that helps people to feel inspired and encouraged and realize that where they are today is not going to determine where they are tomorrow. My mum always says, um, wow, I feel like Pence with a fly picture on him. That's not a good book. <laughs> so um, my mum always says, it's not about where you start in the race, it's where you finish. And for me, I'm running my own race and I'm looking at my outcomes to be positive. I expect nothing less. I own positivity. Positivity belongs to me. I'm entitled to it. It's not by chance. It's something that I'm grasping waft on and I'm fighting for and I have to get it. Yeah. Now, on that note, Lee, it was fabulous talking. Um, Been talking to you for ages. Very eye-opening. Some of the stuff I didn't know about yourself. So thank you very much. And again, sorry for messing up on the first time, bro. And you know, I think I'm gonna have to start doing podcasts a bit longer because I could talk for about hours on end. I don't know if Lee had that time anyway, but yeah, I enjoyed myself. So thank you very much, Lee. And thank you, say. Yeah, I just wanna say that um, I've been watching this podcast for about a month now. My dad, blog. Blog. <laughs> and it's been really inspiring. And what I'm really thankful for is to be able to share in Thomas's journey. So when I met Thomas, last year sometime he was a bit shy was scared about speaking publicly and stuff and i've just seen him almost like a caterpillar that's gone in a cocoon is that what they're going and <laughs> has come out as a butterfly like he's really thriving and doing so much and i'm just so proud so kudos to thomas and thank you for this blog because you're helping a lot of dads to feel empowered and be able to do some good stuff so more power to you bro thank you Lee. thank, thank you very much you. we've got more thing you lot have a great one see you next week <laughs>